Welcome to The People's Show with Big Nazar and Randeep Janda. Good morning, good morning. It is the People Show coming to you live from our mobile studio, our mobile Kintech studio, Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. We are on the move today. Vic Nazar and Randy Janda live on location at the Jake Milford Charity Invitational Classic. One of our favorite events of the year to be at, and it's the uh, unofficial kickoff to the hockey season. Randy, what's going on? It is. It's uh, nice to be back at Northview. It's been a little bit of a while here, but beautiful day, and the Canucks are here. The players are here. They're filing through, having breakfast, getting ready for the uh, their golf game as well. But, Bick, it's nice to be back, and um, yeah, you're right. Once we come here, it's on. It, it's beginning of hockey season it's the uh you can even sense the excitement from some of the players that we run into or the coaches they're ready to go this is the physical and visual representation have you know the phrase everyone feels good in preseason yep everyone's zero and zero zero points on the board for everyone this is what that looks like at an event like this a you're doing it for a good cause obviously and it's everyone gets together for the first time uh but certainly uh the optimism Everyone can see is like, oh, we can do this this season. I can accomplish this this season. It starts at an event like this, and uh, players are going to be uh, golfing for everyone uh, for charity. Yep. Uh, throughout the day, and uh, some of them will uh, be joining us throughout the course of this morning. And just to paint a little bit of a picture for you as well, now the players are filing out. We got Elias Pettersson in front of us, Tyler Myers, Bo Horvat, Thatcher Demko, the whole crew. So uh, everybody's getting ready here, and uh, you know, this is the beginning of hockey season. I, I don't. I know we, we've said it a couple times already, but this is once this tournament happens, it is go time. It is uh, a moment where I think essentially what you want is, you know, everybody here and everybody's got a smile on their face. That's what I love about this tournament. It's like, you're right. It's the beginning of the year. Everybody is optimistic. Everybody's ready to go. And there is a different vibe around this team this year as well. The way that they ended off last year, sure, didn't make the playoffs. But that being said, you know, the second half was strong, and you could pick up some of the comments that were made earlier. Elias Pettersson saying, hey, if we finish off, if we start the way we finished off last year, this team's going to be pretty good. There's a certain focus on keeping the eyes on what happened in 57 games rather than the 25, which, okay, is understandable. I think there's a certain level of, hey, what happened in those 25 to unpack and what lessons can be learned. But you can kind of get the sense already of there's an excitement of what they – did accomplish in those 57 games and then there's an expectation as that's what carries over now the truth is somewhere in the middle randy sure they're not as bad as the first 25 maybe they are what they were in the last 57 but the truth is probably somewhere in that middle that's just life that's just how it goes how do you carry that over how do you start building upon consistency and can you get to the floor of what this team is and be able to build the foundation to continue to grow to something bigger. That's yep. going to be what's exciting. No, and uh, there are some new pieces as well. Where, you know, you're in a position where you've added stuff to this lineup as well. Maybe the, the way that they play is a little different. Um, and one of those players that they added this offseason is going to be joining us here in a couple of seconds' time, uh, Dakota Joshua. But, you know, that's the exciting thing about this. We talk about the group from last year. There are some additions. There are some, you know, uh, skill, speed, strength, whatever you want. There are 
additions to this team, and that's the exciting part of today. Well, let's talk to one of those additions who joins us now, Dakota Joshua. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing fantastic. Uh, we were just saying, everyone's so friendly on the first day because everyone's got zeros on the board right now. <laughs> this is like the visual visual reputation of what preseason looks like. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's nothing to be upset about right now. It's uh, all good. All good to start. Well, we're talking about you know you being one of the new additions to the the team. How does it feel? What's the vibe with the boys? I know it's. Uh, probably still early and still getting to know some of these guys but what's it been for you thus far uh yeah like like you said uh it's it's a fresh start so getting to know everybody and uh meet everybody for the first time but it's a ton of excitement around here and um everybody's really excited to get going and and, and see what uh we can do this year from afar what did you see from last season i know it's tough during the season you're focused on your own season but like what have you learned i guess in the three months since signing of what happened last season here uh yeah it was uh I think it was a little bit of a rough start or not what, what people expected in Vancouver of the team, but um, with with a, with a few turnarounds, obviously the whole league knows that towards the end of the season it was you know one of the better teams, if not the best team um, on the final day. So, uh, you know, big change, and, and now people expect big things. So um, just exciting, like I said, to, to see uh, where this group can go. So, you know, your new coach, uh, Bruce Boudreaux, is somebody that has got a, a very, uh, I think, a, a, a great reputation in Vancouver. People love him. The fans love him. The Bruce there is chance. But, you know, your early conversations with him, uh, what's the vibe with uh, with Bruce Boudreaux thus far? Uh, yeah, just uh, seems like a, a real good guy, uh, very outgoing, um, not afraid to uh, keep the room light, and um, seems to, to, to be liked by everybody. So it's a, it's a very cool and uh, unique experience getting to play for Bruce. We were just talking about how there's there's going to be different facets to different people's games and the, the changing identity of this team. There's been some speed brought in with Ily Mikheyev and obviously with yourself you play a very tough game. Has that been indicated to you of like this is exactly what we want to see and the role that you're going to be playing? Um, I feel that yeah, yeah that's the book on me and that's why I was brought in here to you know play uh, a physical up and down game and um, try to try to make an impact whether it's for checking or in the D zone making sure that the opponent's um, not spending as much time in our zone. So uh, that's what that's what I expect to bring, and then and that's what I will bring to this team. All right, last time we had you on, we talked some Ohio State football with you. Uh, I know there's a couple of Michigan guys on the team. Have you had a chance to uh, to trash talk a little bit? Or no, no trash talking yet. Everybody's uh, newly acquainted friends, so so no trash talking yet. We'll let the season get get going a little bit further before we bring that out, but. Uh, I got to be happy with my side so yep. far, and uh, you're not here. Is the date any... circled just yet? Uh... Yeah, the, November. I'll be oh, here. I'll be re ready to talk to anybody that wants to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, no tough love yet, but uh, I'm sure it'll come around soon. How, how difficult, or is it is it something you welcome of, of that process of getting to know a bunch of you guys? Because there's so much focus on this team this year of starting well, mm -hmm. and I imagine from a teammates process, you want to be able to get up to speed with everyone so fast too. Yeah, that's uh, you know obviously very important, like you said. So it's there's a lot of people to meet here showing up being the new guy, but uh, that's all part of the process and training camp will be good for that. And uh, hopefully we hit the ground running and uh, everybody will be on the same page come day one. So you were, uh, you know, part of an organization, obviously had a winning culture in St. Louis as well. And, and just kind of working your way up um, through that system. It, obviously Vancouver last year played really well down the stretch, but how do you, you know, how do you turn into a, a, an organization that, 
the standard of winning. Uh, it seems like it was it was extremely high in St. Louis, dictated by guys I'm sure uh, higher up the lineup. Yeah. How does how does an organization how does a team begin that or start that and begin to have that identity? Um, I think once again it goes back to everybody being on the same page and everybody having one and the same goal in mind. Um, it, it was a very very much so a winning culture in St. Louis, and like you said, you know, starting you know with the with those veteran guys and then working its way down. So. Uh, to come in there and uh, be a part of it and then, you know, learn from those guys. Now I can, you know, bring some of that experience over here and uh, it's up to us to, to start our new and winning culture. And obviously that can only be done through the guys in the room. And, you know, that's that's the goal moving forward. So uh, tons of optimism, but tons of excitement too. Have you got a sense of who you're going to be playing with and, and ideas of how you can grow your game yourself as well? I ha- I have not I have not I haven't looked into uh, looked into it that far just just happy to be here and uh, whoever I have to play with and uh, can't wait. All right, and uh, you know th- I'm sure there's you know what the real cool thing about this team this year is that there's depth there's there's a especially at the wing spots like from a player's perspective how exciting is it to have this type of talent in the forward group to say all right it, I'd be able to play with these guys but at the same time it. Does it bring out internal competition to say the standards can be pretty high here? Uh, yeah, for sure, for sure. It brings out internal competition. It should be a good camp, but like you said, it's it's exciting more than anything to know that you can be put with anybody and uh, have a great chance to be successful. So that 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 gives a team good upside and you know makes for for competitiveness. But that's what you want, and that's how you get the best out of everybody. So um, for sure, it's it's really cool to be a, a part of a, a good good group here. Spick Nazar, Randy Janda here on the People Show talking to to Dakota Joshka. We'll let you go here, get your golf game on, and uh, <laughs> enjoy the rest of the day, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Uh, Dakota Joshua stopping by the uh, the booth here as we broadcast on location at the Jake Milford Charity Invitational. Start of many uh, people we'll talk to today, but I think this is a player that uh, there's excitement because it's new, right? Yes. Not a lot of changes, right? No. Like we've talked about, hey, the same kind of group of guys are are kind of running it back. But this is one of the players that, in situations, is going to play a role. And he's going to have to carve out uh, a physical presence that we've we talked about Mikheyev, a speed element that this team hasn't had. Sure. There's a, another physical aspect to a player who, you know, personally, like, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do in that role. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can provide because I think he hit it there. It's something that this team didn't necessarily have, right? And we talk about different types of toughness. We talk about different, you know, elements to a, a player's game. Dakota Joshua, I think he'd be the first one to admit that, yeah, he didn't have the consistency at the NHL level. He didn't get the opportunity. When you have such a deep organization, sometimes that opportunity is not necessarily there. But can he offer a little bit more? Yeah, he was a pretty decent player in college. So not only the toughness aspect, which is something that he's going to be able to provide this roster, it's also... Is there a little bit more there? Mm-hmm. And if he's playing with skilled players, can you get a little bit more? Even if it's not going to be maybe the the most ice time, you know, is he providing something different? And can you get more out of this player maybe that he wasn't able to show in St. Louis? Uh, I'll admit, uh, doing some off-season research and looking at underlying numbers and yep. all that sort of stuff. And look, some of this can be fudged by small samples and all that sort of stuff. But there are certain moments you look at, like, expected goals, and his name just kept popping up, kept popping up around players that you wouldn't, consider in the same mold and it's not like oh just find one small sample size I just kept seeing his name pop up higher on lists than I expected and this is where data wants to drive you towards the what's happening on the ice it's just one of those things that like yeah I'm excited to see how this translates uh, is this 
is there something that's untapped here? And I'm not talking about a 25-goal scorer, but if you can find consistent, tough minutes at the bottom end of your roster, that's something that we've talked about, hey, also for cheap, too. Yep. It's, it's something that we've talked about in this market for so long of overspending for depth roles. If this is a player who can play smart, consistent hockey in a depth role, that is a big win for the organization. I think there's an expectation. Like, there's a couple of question marks, and I mean in a good way, where – you expect Mikheyev to be good, but what that's going to look like, who he's going to play with further up the lineup, we're not necessarily sure. Further down the lineup, though, in that fourth line role, um, you know, th- I'm not really sure what to expect, I'll be honest, because you've been used to something for so long within this organization, whether it was, you know, the Jay Beagle, the Tim Schaller line, or whether it was Tyler Mott, and what we saw last year with Lamico, and what does that fourth line look like, and what do they play like this year? It's kind of a big question mark because we do have an idea of who could be on that line, but what's the style of play, Bick? Uh, we expect Lazar to be relentless. That's kind of his style. But at the same time, how are they going to play? I, I don't really I don't really know that at this point in time. So, like, that's maybe our next uh, guest could fill in some of those details. I, I think he might know on the style that they want to play. The person who would have uh, their hand on the pulse of uh, all decisions uh, joining us in just a second here as he uh, puts on the headset. It is Vancouver Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreau joins Bick Nazar and Randeep Janda here on the People Show. Coach, welcome. Well, welcome back. It's an impromptu little thing, but uh, <laughs> it's fun. Uh, what's an event like this kind of do? Because it's, it's fresh for everyone, right? This is your first training camp. Obviously, uh, these types of events, obviously you're, you're doing it for a good cause, but also... Uh, well, I always find it amazing um, when you come, you don't realize how big the events are. When you think of golf tournaments, uh, we all do half a dozen of these things in the, in the summer, and you go, you sit there, you have a couple beer, and then you play. But this is a really big event on a beautiful golf course, and, and to see so many alumni, uh, you, as soon as you walk in, you see the importance of this thing, and... Uh, and then you you think of the enormity of uh, of the Canucks and and their outreach to everywhere, and I, I that's what what just gets me. And I said, wow, that's that's pretty cool, you know. Well, coach, you've mentioned it before as well that you're a big golfer. Uh, where's the game at? How was the off season in terms of your <laughs> golf game? Well, here's we're in the hockey season now. So I told right. Jim this weekend I couldn't golf because usually when hockey starts, I put the clubs away. So uh, I'm using that as an excuse to play pretty crappy today uh but i live on a golf course and i pretty well play five six days a week so i have fun but when as long as my body holds out uh it's a great game to play and it's and it's a great game in in events like this where you meet a lot of different people so i i I really like it so we'll see how the game goes i saw the whole coaching staff is on the golfing roster is any internal competition amongst you guys here no because (laughs) they're not that good (laughs) (laughs) so Dakota Joshua just was joining us right before you walked up here to the tent. And I want to get your thoughts on this player because, uh, you know, he's a guy that comes from St. Louis. And the fourth line looks a little different this year. The the lineup looks very different as as well. What do you hope to see from Dakota Joshua? Well, you know, and I'm like everybody else. I I haven't seen him before. He's been mostly uh, an AHL player, but he played 30 games up with the Blues. And to play 30 games with them and they've got a pretty good team um, is pretty pretty decent so i mean i'm looking for a guy that i heard is big and strong and can skate and uh he can play all three forward positions so i mean uh we wanted to get if you you know not taking anything away from the players we had uh last year but they were smaller and if uh, if we can get that big strong guy on the fourth line 
and he could make a presence out there, then that's great. We're n never asking him to fight or anything, but it, it's good to have a, a, a big physical player that can skate in that position. And, and from all accounts, that's what he does, and that's good. You can get caught into the speed of a season uh, w when you jumped in halfway through. The, the planning of it maybe is a bit different. Uh, now that you get to see it from fresh eyes at the start, uh, what excites you about what things that you can do? Uh, well, you know, it's, it, the the best part, the most fun part is putting lines together all summer long. You must have, I must have had 4,000 different combinations. But, I mean, it's uh, it's a lot, of, a lot of fun being able to get in here with your coaching staff, put the clips together that you want to show in training camp, get the camp going get get it started and getting everybody on the same page as as we move along quinn and oliver were speaking earlier uh talking about potential of them playing together quinn was talking about playing on the right side yeah. That's, is that something that is uh situational for you is that something it's you just wanna... an experimental thing mm -hmm. you know like i mean um uh, quinn and luke played tremendous together last year and quinn was plus 20 plus where he'd been a big minus player in the past but i mean um we, we just thought that if you know we could balance out it would it would allow uh, OEL to be a little more offensive a little more creative um, and so I mean all of these things uh, um, it's experimental like I mean I mean it's not hard to throw Quinn back on the left side and but I mean in training camp is when you you see how chemistry works in certain situations so we said let's 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 try this out and see how it goes. Well, one guy you can definitely experiment with is Ilya Mikheyev. I know you watched a lot of him when he was out in Toronto as well. Uh, how exciting is it to have him on the roster just because he's, he's a bit of a buzzsaw, isn't he? Well, you know, he's as fast as any player in the NHL. Plus, I, I get, um, like, whether it's good or bad, I end up watching the Leafs all the time. But, I mean, um, especially when you're in Vancouver because it's a 4 o'clock game and yep. you see it, you got your games at 7. So it's um, – uh, he scores 21 goals in 53 games, playing on a third line with no power play opportunities. Gets chance after chance after chance. And we're saying, like, I mean, okay, no, I mean, I've seen guys do this before where they've had years where they weren't much of a scorer, and then all of a sudden it pops up. And, and being in a top six role, which I'm sure he's going to be playing in, uh, is it might allow for him to be really more creative and get more confident scoring goals and and uh, I think that'll be that'll be great. So I'm excited to see see what he brings. Is consistency the thing that you want to try to establish as fast as you can this season? Because this team last year went through so many different struggles, peaks and valleys. Well, we went through a lot of struggles before game 23. <laughs> you know, we were pretty successful, I thought, after that, for the for, except for one one week in in March, but. Uh, um, you know, you want to be consistent, but you want to get ahead of the game. The most important part is it, it doesn't matter what the schedule is. You want to get ahead of the game. And I keep talking to players about getting above 500, as many games above 500, because you're going to go through a rough patch during the course of the year. Every team does. and But you want to have that security blanket. Like, I mean, with us uh, last year, we had no security blanket. Like, I mean, we had one rough patch where we lost three out of four or something like that, and that basically knocked us out of the playoffs. Whereas if you start out properly, you can withstand these little things. Or if you lose four in a row, you can withstand it and still be in position. We weren't able to do that. I mean, uh, Edmonton did it. Like if they started out so well, then they went fairly, you know, not great for a while, but they withstood that because um, uh, they they put the numbers at the beginning of the season um, uh, to their positive 
way. But So that's what we're looking at. We're looking at jumping out and getting a good start. Whether we start five games on the road, and it doesn't really matter. Whether our schedule is tough, doesn't really matter. We felt when we played as well as we could, we, were, we could compete with anybody. And how much of that is also just coming here and coming to camp fully, you know, properly conditioned? I know that was a, a thing that, that, you know, setting that standard is really, really important for team. But how much of that is a focus for you to say, hey, you got to show up in shape and ready to go as as we hit the well, ground? Well, they got to they got to show up in shape. I mean, it, it'll you'll be able to tell that after day one. But I mean, um, I have no. They've been skating as a team for the last two to three weeks mm-hmm. and and they work out every day so i mean it's not like 1972 let's get into shape let's put a green garbage bag through us so we can sweat more and get the beer out of us you know that's not the the case anymore these guys it's a full-time job and it's a year-round job so i'm not too worried about conditioning uh, we've heard you talk about uh, the three centers horvat Pedersen, miller uh there was some tinkering of Pedersen going to the wing is that uh, in, in, in situations you might do that, but is that something we'll see consistently? No. I mean, those three centers are what we're planning on having. And, and the reason that PD went to the wing was out of necessity. We didn't have the forwards. We had maybe six at that time to be able to put together. So we just loaded up uh, the top six and then hoped the last bottom six could check. And that's how we were successful. But, uh, um, you know, with Kuzmenko and, and Mikhaev, uh in the in the – in the uh, the throws and and you know a healthy Brock Besser, um, I don't think we need to do that. I mean, with Garland coming in his second year, especially he the way he played the last half of the year, um, we've got nine forwards that I think we can throw out there that might uh, might surprise some teams. A lot of uh, you know fans and media were, were the big question mark for us is it Kuzmenko? What does what kind of player will he be? It's a big question mark for me too. Yep. I, I don't know what I'm going to see, <laughs> but we're going to see. And what's your sense early on, like, in terms of just hang, talking to some of the guys, talking to him? Well, he's just very skilled, just watching him. The question is, can he can he play at the pace that the NHL has to play at? You know, that's, that's a big question. What are the, the the initial conversations between you and the coaching staff, just kind of plotting this out? Uh, new staff obviously come together. Just uh, the exchanging of ideas, how does that uh, come across here? We've been together for three weeks now every day. We, we're working from 7.30 till 4 o'clock. We've done a lot of great, had a lot of great ideas, a lot of, we've spent an awful lot of time together, and I think we're all on the same page. We look forward to moving forward and and, uh, having a good camp. All right, Coach, i got to ask you this before we let you go. WWE in town this Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Are you going? Uh, Or Saturday, actually. This Saturday. Yeah, it's this Saturday. This Saturday? This Saturday, right before your preseason game. Uh, Well, you think, how can I go? Uh, (laughs) The night before. Yeah, it's, it's on the, the 24th. Before? Yes. Yeah. KO's going to be in town. Well, That's I know. Right. I, I just sent him a jersey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. well All right. Played. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was um, uh, yesterday. No, no. It's, it's, it's next Saturday. Saturday. Next, next Saturday. Break we... camp at like 2 o'clock. You can get back in time. Yeah, there you go. Now I can think about it because I there told him I was going to it. And then I looked at it and I said, oh, crap, I'm going to be in Penticton. I can't go to it. So, I mean, uh, I, wanna, I want him to go and wear the, the Canuck jersey that I sent him well, and down the aisle. That would be perfect. Okay. Well, but it's at go. the Pacific Coast Coliseum. The Pacific right? yeah. Coliseum, Pacific yep. Coliseum. All right. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, yeah. It's, uh, but I think he's on Raw, too, like in Calgary. Um, on Monday. On Monday. And, and 
fighting Bobby Lashley. Not that I pay any attention. You got options there, Coach. You <laughs> have some <laughs> options. Yeah. Coach, so. we appreciate it. Uh, they're loading up the carts here, so we'll let you get okay. going. Okay, thank you. It's have a great day. Vancouver Canucks head coach Bruce Boudreaux stopping by the booth here. We broadcast live from the Jake Milford Charity Invitational. Uh, yeah, some interesting thoughts there from Bruce as they uh, get ready for this upcoming season. Yeah, a couple of different – you know, we asked about – a experiment as he calls it with oel and mm-hmm. quinn hughes and and that's something that i'm sure they'll probably test out during training camp as well but a few other things hey dakota joshua is a is a different type of player that they haven't had and he's excited to see him as well uh well let's welcome uh, one more member of the vancouver canucks uh, from the blue line joining us now is vancouver canucks defenseman tyler myers how are you good how are you guys we're doing great how's the summer it was awesome yeah a lot of family time uh, a lot of time with the kids. Um, got the got the little guy in the lake a lot more this year, so it was fun. Excellent. And there's a few of you guys up there. Is during the summer? Uh, did the skates start early this year, or wait a bit? Always the same. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really good skates in Cologne. A lot of guys from different teams. And uh, Luke's up there. Luke Shen. Uh, so we got together a lot and got the families together, and it's always it's always a good time over there. Now that everyone's back, we're kind of joking with uh, Dakota because. Uh, there's smiles all around right now. Obviously, you get ready for preseason and all that sort of stuff, but uh, it really feels like there's so much just putting the rearview mirror in, in behind you guys and looking forward to, to what's coming up here. Yeah, this is a great event uh, at the Jake here. So uh, it's for a really good cause, and uh, it's my second one now. We got one uh, my first year with right. the Canucks. Yeah. Uh, missed it during all the chaos. <laughs> um, uh, so it's good to be back. Um it's at a it's at a great uh, club here. We we've had we've been fortunate enough to come play here a couple times, uh, the guys, and uh, it's a really nice course and uh, really excited to be here. So this is a you know a pretty unique experience as well. We're happy to be back here, but also you got some new additions to the team. Uh, a couple of guys in the Ford group, especially uh, when you add a Mikheyev, when you add Lazar and you know Dakota Joshua and others. Uh, what does that? What's the feeling internally? Just to say, okay, we're getting something different. There's a, and especially with Mikheyev, a, a guy that can give you. a potentially 20 goals in the lineup as well yeah Mick uh you know all of us have only skated with him here for about a week but he's extremely fast <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that's the first thing you notice right away and guys like Kuzmenko uh you can tell he's got a lot of a lot to offer he's got a lot of potential um you know very happy-go-lucky kid it seems kid uh you know that just means younger than me i guess <laughs> but uh you know, uh, Laser, he skates with us up in Kelowna, uh, Curtis. So, um, you know, I've gotten to know him a little bit. And uh, it's it's always good as players when you see, you know, the management and the organization uh, adding depth. Uh, it means they, you know, believe in you, you know, right now, uh, not so much thinking about five years from now. So it's, it's exciting for us as players to get going and, uh, you know, try and put up a good season. How important is, uh, you know, we've heard Bruce talk about the start, and I was speaking to Oliver earlier referencing the start. Just getting together now and trying to build that chemistry early, uh, how important is that going to be for what the season looks like? Well, extremely. You look at you look at last year, and, you know, uh, we gave an unbelievable push the second half of the year, but, you know, our start is ultimately what hurt us. Um, so we want to we learn from those mistakes. It's, it's so important to get out of the gate, you know, quick. And uh, like you said, it, it, it starts with, with being as prepared as you can. You know, starting at camp here, we need to make sure everybody's on the same page in terms of systems, knowing what we're doing in every situation uh, all over the ice. Um, 
you know, so we'll have a fun day today, but, uh, you know, we'll get to work pretty quick here. It's a new season. It's a new beginning. Uh, how much do you look back at last year as a, as a lesson, uh, and, or do you just kind of wipe the slate clean and say, new year, focus entirely on this year? Well, I think it's important you don't completely forget about it. Um, you know, I, I think it's important that you learn from it. Uh, you understand where you went wrong. And, uh, you know, I think that allows you to be in a better, better position to not let it happen again. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a rough, you know, month, six-week period there at the start of the year and uh, put us in a tough position to try and make the playoffs. And I thought, you know, we did a great job of getting ourselves back into it. Uh, but ultimately it was, you know, it was a big, it was a big hill to climb after that. So, uh, starts extremely important and we want to make sure that we learn from our mistakes. Do you have an idea of what those specific lessons were that you want to take out of that? And I guess the rest of the group is trying to take out from that. Uh, I think a lot of it is mindset. Uh, you know, uh, Jim mentioned it in his, in his, um, Q and a today that, uh, the league, you know, is, has so much parity. It's, it's crazy how close each team is, even from, you know, at the end of the season, the top team in the standings to the bottom, it's it's not that far off. And it's a matter of, a, uh, you know, it could be a matter of just a few little things. So, you know, I think the mindset of being prepared and doing the things that allow you to be prepared when you hit the ice, uh, it's very important. So, you know, there's change on the, on the roster, but also in the coaching staff as well. you got a couple of new voices with Mike Yo and Trent Cull, uh, you know, especially working with the defense. Uh, I know it probably hasn't got – the work hasn't started officially, but, you know, what's the sense and what's the mood like that heading into that new relationship? It's a couple of different uh, new voices. Yeah, we got uh, – you know, they made their phone calls when they when they jumped on, and um, I knew Trent a little bit, uh, you know, from the last couple of years. But, um, you know uh, – you go through a lot of changes, you know, often in your career. So you, you get used to it. And, uh, you know, it, it sounds like based on the conversations I've had, there's a, you know, a, an open line of communication. Uh, and I think that's important from player to coach, no matter what age you're at. And I, I think that'll just help, uh, you know, whenever you want to try and correct something or uh, you want to get better at something. I think just communicating and, and talking it out is important. I uh, had a chance to speak with Oliver earlier, and he mentioned, hey, maybe playing with Quinn the odd time. You always got to play with uh, with Ekman Larson a ton last year. Uh, any advice for Quinn? Uh, and, and, and if that experiment pops up? Uh, you know, I, I haven't talked about it with Husey yet. Um, you know, Husey's been on a media tour the last week, <laughs> so <laughs> I haven't seen much of him. Um, but, uh, you know, I, it, it's something that I, I actually tried uh, at one point in my career in Winnipeg. And... Uh, you know, there, there's things you notice that uh, you'll really like about it, and there's things that are going to make it a little tougher. So, you know, I, Husey's such a dynamic player. I think he's going to do well wherever he is. So, uh, you know, whatever the coaches think can add some more depth and, and add, uh, you know, add an edge uh, to, our, to our lineup. Uh, I think, you know, why not try it? What are those challenges of, of making that switch to, t to the other side? Well, specifically, like, you know, when just as an example, when you get a when you get a DDD pass on, on, say, a neutral zone regroup, you're 
when you take it on your offside, you're you're closed off from seeing up the ice. So it's important to, you know, learn, you know, different mechanics that put you in a position to be able to see up ice when you get that puck. And then there's other times where it's great, like you get the puck on the uh, on the ozone blue line, and you're in a position to do a lot with it, uh, being your offside. So just little examples like that, and there's there's a bunch more, but uh, you know. For any player trying to play their offside, uh, they'll notice um, things they like, things they don't like, things they have to adjust to as they go. And uh, But it's definitely doable. Uh, well, they're loading up the carts, uh, so we'll let you go. Appreciate you okay. stopping by, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, guys. Tyler Meyer is stopping by. Bick Nazar, Randy Jandy here on The People Show. Uh, we'll have plenty more conversations with uh, Canucks members, uh, players and coaches, and maybe a few others. Uh, throughout the course of the day is uh, Bick Nazar, Randy Janda. We are live on location at the Jake Milford Charity Invitational Golf Tournament. It's always a fantastic affair. We'll be back with more here on the Home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650. This is The People Show with Bit Nazar and Randy Janda. Back to the People Show, Bick Nazar and Randy Janda broadcasting to you live in the Kintec Mobile Studio, Kintec Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 1,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintec.net. It's going to be a busy day. We're uh, live on location at the 2022 Jake Milford Charity Invitational Classic. At Northview, fantastic uh, first foray into the NHL season. Basically, get to see all the uh, members of the Canucks organization. This is always a, a a great time because you're a meeting, you know, the coaches, the players. Maybe there's some new additions, but also people within the organization as well. You maybe haven't seen them for a while. It's a good way to reconnect. And if you missed the last segment, we chatted with Bruce Boudreaux, Dakota Joshua, and Tyler Myers. So make sure you hit up the podcast on that. Uh, some good conversations, and I, I think with the Tyler Myers conversation. Playing the right-hand side for Quinn Hughes. Mm -hmm. What makes it difficult? What makes it different? What makes it, you know, challenging? Or what provides a challenge at the very least? Uh, some interesting thoughts from Tyler Myers there. Well, there are a couple of things for you as well, because Elias uh, Pedersen and Quinn Hughes did meet with media earlier today. Uh, so we'll bring that to you at some point as well. I had a chance to catch up with Connor Garland and Oliver ekman Larson as well. So we'll air those for you as well through the course of the day. Yeah, I was running late. Sorry yeah, I mean, that. we won't explain why. Sorry about that. I mean, should we explain why? Why not? I got pulled uh, over. Randy Janda is uh, flexing and, and profiling right now. Traditionally, uh, driving a uh, Suburban Tahoe. 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 Chevy, or, yeah, Chevy Tahoe. Yeah. And uh, for the next couple of few days, anyways, I have a brand new Corvette. Red. Like, hard top convertible, the whole thing, man. Like, baller, shouts to the folks. That like, midlife crisis car. Yeah, but I'm not there yet. No. Come on. Let's don't. Don't uh, no. don't don't imply, but shout out to my friends at uh, <laughs> Going or Surrey GM for hooking that up. And uh, yeah, on the way up here, I was I got a little stuck. Let's detained. put it that way. I, I was detained for about ten to fifteen minutes. It's fine. It happens. So I'm good though. But there's no error. No there's error. A, there, there was just nothing, nothing on my wrong. part. It's plus, plus it you happens. showed up to the the course. Yes. And you got the tinted windows. You've got the baller vibes. And I think everyone's like, oh, who's that? And, like, crowding the car. You couldn't even park the car in time. 
It wasn't that dramatic. Oh, okay. But definitely. I, I, think, I was here working, and you told me. It's like, man, I, it was tough to even I think people parking. thought I was a Canuck. Right. And then I put the window down when I was like, hey, yes, where's the media parking? <laughs> and they're like, that's not R.C. Baines. <laughs> sir, sir, can I carry your golf clubs? It's like, no, I'm, I'm not here to do any of that. No. I'm just here to talk to. I'm here to interview. So, fire off takes and, and, and talk to people. That was, that was a funny moment. But, yeah, def- it's, it, yeah, that's why I was delayed. Bick was doing the interviews with yeah. Oliver Ekman Larson and, uh, you know, with Connor Garland. So you're not going to hear my voice for that reason. Uh, we'll air that. That's the sound of the bunny. <laughs> well, we'll air that. We're going to get here on time. Later today. Uh, again, those conversations. Uh, but we'll get back into kind of our conversation there and just kind of unpacking uh, what a few of our guests uh, were saying there. Uh, we'll start with Myers because – yeah, he kind of detailed one thing, and, and Quinn kind of referenced it too in his media availability, which will air, that, you know, we focus so much on the breakouts getting out of the zone, but that, that D-to-D stuff is – because think how vulnerable you are in that spot yep. of you're kind of last man back or one of, and if you mis- mishandle a pass on your backhand in the neutral zone, what are we talking about? Neutral zone turnovers leading to offensive chances for other teams. It's something that, you know, you're going to have to adapt to and learn. Now – Quinn's so skilled. I think a lot of people will put a lot of faith on him that he pulls it off, but it's just a different mechanism and a different mechanics that he's going to have to go through, and you heard Bruce. It's like, it's something we're going to experiment with. Yeah. And, well, and that's what the opening part of the season is. Uh, experiment. Well, a lot of this game is played based on instinct as well, right? And you're going to have to change some of that mm-hmm. if you're now playing on the opposite Muscle side. Muscle memory, so all that. All of that. And that's why I think it's an intriguing experiment at the very least to see how does the player react, and you never know. We've seen other players play on their offside and play extremely well so you generally bank on talent to say the player will figure it out but I think if it works if despite the challenges and there's going to be mistakes every player makes mistakes all the great defensemen make them as well but if it for the majority of it's you know a decent fit Bick it does change the way that this defense looks right you're able to load up that first pairing with more minutes even if it's one-offs or occasionally where they're playing together and the second pairing is going to be interesting if that happens, because then you're going to need somebody to take a step up on that left-hand side. Who is that? Who is that individual that's going to be eating more minutes? Who do you trust? So, you know, I think it's good, but it also it does potentially present challenges on that second pairing a little bit more as well. So, you know, I think you'll live with that, and you, you'll live with the fact that the, the first pairing is going to be a really strong one if this comes to fruition. But it will be probably some ups and downs. This is a high-level defenseman that is going to try to make the switch, but there are going to be some things that he's going to base off of instinct that is going to be a little challenging, I'm sure. Uh, Well, let's actually hear from Quinn Hughes right now. Uh, He met with media earlier today. Uh, Here's what Quinn Hughes had to say when he arrived here at the Jake Milford Charity Invitational. Oh, yeah, there's really, really good group this summer. Probably our best um, group yet. It's really fun with it. Well, I know there was um, a story last week about how you had uh, gone to the organization and said you'd be interested in switching sides and playing over on the right. Tell me what about that intrigues you and how you think it might open up. Yeah, for me, I just think that um, it's good to know how to do both. And uh, I think that it gives the coaching staff another option if they want to use me on the right side in the O zone or wherever it might be. It started off not as uh, playing right. But just like if I wanted to play in the O zone for a shift here with O, that I could play right. And um, I think that I started to work in the summer on some uh, different packages. And I think there's more things I can do offensively on the blue line 
on the right side. Sometimes I find myself stationary um, on the left. But what I do know is that uh, Luke Shen was a really good D partner for me last year. He stabilized my game in a lot of ways, and he shuts down the cycle. And um, I know that you know if I'm playing with him this year, I'm going to have a really good year, and we'll both have good years. And if they want to play me on the right side, I can do that as well. So I know I got um, some really good options. And at the end of the day, it'll be up to the coaching staff what they want to do. Yeah, if they put you on the right full time with uh, OEL, like, what do you see as a potential there? Yeah, like I said, I mean, I don't know. Um, with O, he's a really smart player. He's skilled. Uh, we read off each other um, very well in the short time that I played with them last year. And um, like I said, I know what I got with Shenner. He's a great D partner, and I'd love to play with him again. But if I do end up playing with O in a couple shifts here and there, um, you know, that's going to be really good too, and we can make that work. I do feel real comfortable on the right side now at this point in time. Yeah. How much did you play there at Michigan? Or did you play there? Not at all, actually. But um, growing up, I played the right side, and then when I went to Mish, I played left. Um, but I've always felt comfortable on the right. Uh, yeah, so. What's the biggest difference? I mean, I know the forehand, backhand thing, but like on your breakouts, is it, I is think it a little trickier? It's probably, yeah, it's probably tougher in the neutral zone where I'm um, collecting a pass like this, and I can't just go up the wall. Like, obviously, I'm going to be on my backhand, but... Um, I think in other aspects, um, seeing everything on my forehand, being in the ozone, being able to take a step and take a slap shot, walk into it. Um, and, you know, I don't think anyone's seen me on the right side, so they don't know what to expect. I think I could catch some people off guard, but um, we'll see. I'd definitely like to try it out for a couple of exhibition games, but like I said, um, I'm lucky I got really good options in Luke and uh, whoever I would play with on the right side, and, you know, we'll see what happens. Talked uh, at the end of last season that you wanted to have a great off season. You need, I think, you said you needed to have a great off season and get stronger and fitter. Did you? I feel good right now. I mean, I just did the bike test an hour ago, so um, I think I'm in a good spot for camp. In regards to my skills, I feel really good. I feel confident. I think my shots gotten better again. Um, I think my mentality's changed a bit. I worked on some different things in terms of getting to the middle and trying to score more goals. And um, we'll see if I can uh, apply that. But I feel real confident coming in. I was a little, not nervous last year, but you know, I missed camp and um, I had a tough sophomore season. So I knew I had, a, had to have a good year. And this year, I feel like I was kind of going like that. Last year, I had a really strong year. And now I can just kind of keep going. Yeah, it was, a, it was a crazy competitive group. It was um, really fun. It was me, Jack, Luke until he went to World Juniors, Warinsky the whole summer, Larkin the whole summer, Zegris was there staying at my house for six weeks, Cole Caulfield was there for two months, um, Ben Ears was there for two months, Brendan Brisson was there. Um, yeah, so I think that was mainly the group. We had Ryan Merkley, a couple other guys. Uh, but it was really fun. I mean, if you just look at the guys there, it's there's like seven probably NHL All-Stars. So it was, um, it was fun, and those guys are all really competitive. So it was, it was a good time. It's Queen Hughes meeting with media earlier today. It's not a bad team that they had uh, training over the summer. It was like Team USA of the future, basically, or present. Forget future. It's like an All-Star group there over there. Uh, not bad. And, and they're all hanging out at the house, getting ready. Being coached by Jim Hughes. Yeah, that's a good. I mean, that's a good group to uh, be with. Bick Nazar and Randy Janda here on the People's Show. And yeah, you mentioned playing on that right side. Now, 
it gets presented as a situational kind of thing. Hey, when I'm in the O-Zone, you do a couple of things. Uh, but it, all, it felt like that he put a lot of time into it in the summer, and maybe this is something we see your idea that you pitched a couple of weeks ago on the People Show. Um, maybe something we see more often than just situational hockey, chasing a uh, a game yeah. or just an O-Zone draw. Maybe it's something we see a bit more often. Yeah, at the worst, it's a bit of a cheat code you can use when you need it. But if it does work, you know, that does change the pairings quite significantly. And I think one of the biggest talking points during training camp for me will be this question of can he stay on the right-hand side? Does it hit? Is it something that could work? There's going to be a bunch of them. I think McKayev and where he plays uh, will be another one. But if you are adding Quinn Hughes to the right-hand side, what does that? What impact does that make for that first pairing? Because you go from having just OEL tried, tested. He's a he's you know kind of just a, a comfortable player back there where you can see the skill and sometimes the fit depending on who he's playing with may be more defensive. You want to see probably a little bit more offense. He's capable of it anyways. Now with Quinn Hughes, what does that fit work like? Is that implying that he's going to be more of a stay-at-home guy where you're essentially saying, hey, Oweel, you do your thing. There's going to be one rover on this, and we always know that's going to be Quinn well, Hughes, right? Well, when we were talking to Bruce, he, he mentioned, like, hey, maybe there's more offense from, from Oweel. And you think about that, it's like, well, no, you want Quinn Hughes to be the offensive guy, but when you have two guys that can interchange, yeah. interchange and because you saw defensive improvement from Quinn Hughes last season, and he mentioned, hey, plus 20 and all that sort of stuff, uh, I was lower than that, but nevertheless, uh, yep. obviously, he played to a certain standard where much more reliable in his own zone. That is something that you can do that interplay of positionless hockey. Well, you can create it to some degree because you have two guys that can A, create, but also B, defend responsibly. Well, you talked about, you know, when Quinn Hughes, clearly there's a, a thought process here. There's a, a want to play the right-hand side. And what do we know about Quinn Hughes? When he goes away from, you know, Vancouver, and he kind of focuses on something in the offseason. When he goes into his own lab. When he goes into his lab, he, like, he does his homework. Yeah. So it's not just randomly just set out there by Quinn Hughes. Obviously, there's a focus that has been a focus for the last couple of months to say, hey, I want to not only play the right-hand side, I want to be good on the right-hand side. So I'm going to generally bet on somebody that is that focused, that is that, you know, I would cerebral is probably the word for a, a, a player of that quality. You're saying, hey, I'm going to focus on something and I'm going to get it done. So I would bet on him to make that switch. And it might not be the smoothest at first. Maybe there's going to be a couple of games where you, you do see that and there's some mistakes. But that's that's what happens. That's what's going to happen. You throw somebody in the deep end, especially skilled people, they'll eventually figure it out. So I'm excited for that. But, Vic, there's a few things that I'm excited to see with this Canucks team. One, you know, we talked to Bruce Boudreau a little bit earlier on. I think the three-center mm -hmm. aspect to this team Elias Pettersson is confident starting the year and similar to what we saw him ending off the year, I think this team is going to be a problem for a lot of opposition. The other thing is, if you missed the Boudreaux conversation, Mikheyev, you can tell, having Mikheyev in the lineup excites Bruce Boudreaux. I mean, I wish you could see Tyler Myers' reaction when yes. we brought up Mikheyev. And there was a there was a delay. There was a smirk and a delay, and like he's extremely fast. Like I'm I'm happy being on his side rather than playing against him. Right. And and, and, and Bruce Boudreau, that, yeah. mentioned the exact same thing, where it's just fast, but also gives so many options to the coach with his lineup now. These components didn't exist last season, right? There's hardworking players, and he mentioned smaller players. There was Tyler Mond, there was Matt Highmore, who both players bring a certain role. They can play 
with some quick pace, but there wasn't natural speed to their game. There were hardworking players who I think brought something. Yeah. But from a physical point of view, and I just mean like physical attributes, not pushing people through the boards. There were physical attributes that they just don't have in comparison to Ilya Mikheyev. For sure. It is going to be noticeably faster in the Canucks' bottom six, or even whatever line he's on, if it's a top six role. I think fans immediately are going to notice, oh, this guy just moves at a different pace and is able to do things at those pace. Now, goal scoring can dip and fluctuate, but just his ability to constantly press is going to be something that I think Canucks fans, A, appreciate really fast and notice really fast. Well, the press ability is one thing where you're looking at and say, okay, from a defending perspective, is a team entering the zone with speed? Are they are they entering the zone, A, with the puck and with speed? If they are, you're easier to play against. McKayev's going to really go against that. He's going to be, provide some resistance, not only in the forechecking, but in the neutral zone as well. A lot of his giveaways, a lot of his, sorry, his takeaways are going to come from that area. So the Canucks are, at least when he's on the ice, they're not going to be a comfortable team to play against. He's going to pressure and cause some of those turnovers. 650-650, Marcus and Gibson's texting in. Quinn will be the most improved player on the Canucks this year, him adding the ability to play the right side and his shot power and total. That is Marcus and Gibson. We're going to have a conversation like that, just breakout players you can expect from the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, who's top in your list? You can text in 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. The smart alternative is at Dunbar Lumber on Bridge Street in Ladner or Arbutus in Vancouver online at DunbarLumber.com. We'll get into the NFL weekend that was. I know Randy Eap wants to flex. Big W for the Miami Fins Dolphins. Fins up, baby. Fins I know Randy up. also wants to mock me. That's fine. Big six. Uh, having a rough one uh, this week, too. I thought we'd keep the first hour pretty classy. No, that's fine. That's fine. I, I get it. It'll be I pretty classless it. in the second hour. Well, last Monday, we waited an hour to bring it up, so we waited an hour to bring it up this week. It's fine. I get it. Uh, we'll, we'll have plenty more throughout the course of the day here live from the Jake Milford Charity Invitational Classic. It is Bick Nazar, Randy Janda, the People's Show on the home of the Canucks Sportsnet 650.